well, our moms think we're funny. Hey. <laughs> hmm. It's me. <laughs> you can't do that, man, when I got like a mouthful of coffee. <laughs> It's like almost one o'clock in the morning and <laughs> trying to keep myself up here. And, uh, moving on. <laughs> oh, it's great. You always get so upset when I start the podcast badly. <laughs> you do things badly. You're a bad planner. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, it's Akomi. Hey, everybody, this is Turk182. Yeah, I think you know what this is all about. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Our Moms Think We're Funny. We're worried about you. We, we want you to stop with this drinking problem. Who, me? Well, I mean, I was talking to the listeners. I mean, oh. I mean, Greg, this has gone on long enough. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, um, I'm only saying this out of love. And, and really, I am. I know you, you don't feel that way. You don't think it, I am. You think that, oh, you're just being a dick. But no, this is really out of love, man. We care about you. We want the best for you. Yeah. And we think that, you know... The best for you means that you need you need help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and we're not mean. We don't mean that you need help. Like, saying, oh, you need help. We're saying that that you know there are um there are things that are that are that are bigger than bigger than you than you can. They're they're heavier than um uh. Uh, you know, I, I think I think Peter Vinkman can can help me out. Pete, would you mind? Sometimes shit happens. Someone's got to deal with it. And who are you going to call? Uh, thank Ghostbusters. you, Ghostbusters. I don't think necessarily you have to call the Ghostbusters to solve a drinking problem. I think your drinking is caused by this ghost. Yeah, you're possessed by a drinking ghost. Yeah, you absolutely need to call the Ghostbusters. Oh. We know what this is about, Greg. We told you not to play with that Elijah board, and you did. Fucking Elijah boards. And now you're possessed with a drinking ghost. Goddamn Elijah boards. And unfortunately for you, Dan Aykroyd and all his buddies have retired and you gotta go with Melissa McCarthy and company. So, I mean, it sucks. This is like ripping a band-aid off. You just gotta do it and get it over with. But on the plus side, though, I think that the ghosts would probably find the uh, Melissa McCarthy like a much more like acceptable host. To be, able to, to be able to be like, oh, hey, I can get a lot of drinking done with this one. <laughs> this woman has the liver of a pirate. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, this is nice coffee. So, uh, so Turk, what are we talking about? Yeah, tell me how fucking good my coffee is. All right, Akomi? I know how good it, it is. I mean, this is when someone else goes by, they buy shit. I buy this serious gourmet stuff because when I drink it, I want to taste it. What's in my mind right now ain't the coffee in my kitchen. It's the dead ninja in my garage. <laughs> Let me ask you. When you came over here to record this podcast, you see a sign in front of my house that said dead ninja, ninja storage? Come on. Did you see a sign in front of my house that said dead ninja storage? No. You know why? No. Because it ain't there because store dead ninjas in my fucking business. That's why. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I like when we record late. <laughs> We do funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what we think is, we need to just change this name of the podcast though. We think it's funny. <laughs> My mom's like, it should have cease and desist. We're like, no. 
<laughs> I did not say that. I had nothing to do with that. I don't find him funny. I never found him funny. You know, <laughs> even when he was in my womb and he was like kicking. They, some people were like, does this feel funny? I was like, no, no, it doesn't. It feels like a pain in my ass and a drain on my wallet. I was like, God damn, mom. <laughs> it's like that whole thing with the teacher who said he was trained to respond to his students in kind. And it's like, we didn't teach him that. <laughs> we didn't train him to do that. <laughs> so, uh, it's just our moms. Like, we don't think they're funny. <laughs> No. We never told him that. We don't. <laughs> but hey, so what are we talking about today, Turk? Um, we're talking about Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest, scooping up the field mice and bopping them on the head. Oh, man. Oodalolly, oodalolly, golly, what a day. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Crowfan and I have been, have been friends for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, I remember way back when... Uh, he was uh he was trying to he was trying to think of the song the uh you know Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest and because he, uh he was working um he was working at Walmart at the time and that was I think it was during the time that it came out on VHS or DVD one of those times they it's been open from the vault blah <laughs> and uh and it was out so they were kind of playing it like on a loop type of thing and we were together and he was like. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, and then he's like something, something, something. What the other one said, and he kept trying to think of what it was. And he's like Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, and I go scooping up the field mice and bopping them in the head. He's like, God damn it, no! <laughs> and that's all he could think of after that, and it kind of pissed him off, and it made me happy. That's great. Um, so uh, it's, uh, laughing back and forth at what the other one had to say, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds yeah. good. <laughs> All right, so um, man, that that movie opened up a lot of uh, furry inclinations in people. Yeah, I know you like you always mention that like they, it, it brought the furries out of like hiding. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Now I feel okay with this. <laughs> uh, I'm sexually attracted to a fox, and I'm proud. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of crow fanny. He just te- just texted me and said he's watching Night of the Creeps, which yeah. is kind of fucking awesome. Damn, yeah. But I sent this to him the other day. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for those of you uh, that can't see my phone, which I don't know what's wrong with you, modern technology, <laughs> man, what the hell? Hey, what, what's, um, what's up? This is YouTube. It was a uh, it's a uh, it's a t shirt design, and it's got um, Captain Picard handing something to to Lieutenant Riker. And it's a sewing machine, and he's saying, make it so. <laughs> and it's really stupid and cheesy, but it's it's it kind of funny. So, uh, so uh, Riker, the guy who plays Riker. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Frakes. Okay, Jonathan Frakes. He did that uh, that mystery-type movie. It was sort of like the Twilight Zone or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? I know. Yeah, so it was, it's some kind of Twilight Zone-type story or some kind of like Unsolved Mysteries-type thing. And he would always, like, come on and, like, ask a question of, like, have you ever seen a mysterious stranger that you feel in the back of your mind that you've met him before? And, like, stuff like that. Just kind of like these Rod Serling-type introductions, right? Oh, kind of like the old, uh, that, that, that mysteries, um, like, book that, uh, because remember I showed you that? It was a, it was a commercial uh-huh. on TV that would, like, um, crap, I showed it to you a long time ago. What was that one? It was, like, Mysteries of the Unknown, and it would... Um, it was like, it was like, read the book. It's like, did you ever want to do this thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, read the book. And it's like, yeah, uh, it was, it's like it's... A, a girl was like making coffee in her kitchen when she, <laughs> when she burnt her hand on like the pot and he goes in like three states of like a 
there's something like a, a thousand miles away in another state. Her twin sister has shocking pain yeah. in her hand at the same time. Want to know why? Read the book. <laughs> have you ever felt like you've had a twin that you haven't met? Yeah, it's that kind of thing. But somebody took a collection of all these clips of him doing these intros, and they slowed it down to half speed, and it just sounds like a drunk guy rambling. He's like, what's the tallest person you've ever seen? Have you ever had someone check your plumbing, but you didn't call for a plumber? It's like the funniest shit. It's just like, it's just like a two-minute video of this. I'm just like rounding the corner wearing a suit. And it's like, who's the scariest stranger you've ever talked to? It's the best thing ever. Oh, that sounds hilarious. It's great. I need to see if I can find you. You got to. That, just, that sounds like amazing. Just asking a random question like... Hey, you ever go in the bathroom and like the toilet's already flushed? Yeah, you know? it's, like, it's exactly that kind of thing. <laughs> it's so funny. Hold on, I'm going through my Facebook messages for it. It's like, you ever look at a $5 bill? You ever look at a $5 bill? On weed? <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of stuff exactly. It's like, you ever wonder why Link is only on a penny but also $5? It's great. Uh, so, you know, Jonathan Frakes is actually a director. Oh, wow. He directed um, Star Trek uh, First Contact. Yeah. Okay, I found it. I know it's kind of unconventional to play this while we're actually listening to the podcast, but it's a minute and a half. We, we do conventional shit? No. Okay. <laughs> this is so great. <laughs> uh, so, hold on. This is uh, Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. I remember this series. Okay, that's what he did. And these people slowed it down to half speed. Have you ever walked out of a mall into a huge... You'd forgotten where you parked your car. <laughs> where do you want to be when you grow up? What's the right tip? Have you called a plumber to your home lately? How superstitious are you? How much money would it take to make you spend a night in the cemetery? <laughs> Display this as a trophy. Sounds like someone that, that is about to like kill you. Or like you got a pet, you keep your doors unlocked. <laughs> you keep cash in the house. You own a gun. Like I'm thinking it's really these questions. laughing about that for about a week oh, now. Oh, <laughs> man, that is, that is the best. Was the tallest person you've ever seen? <laughs> you have a pet. <laughs> but yeah, so Robin Hood. You I'm, know what? Now I want to replace some of the hundred questions <laughs> with those. Oh my god, like, we should. What's the tallest person you've ever met? <laughs> Oh my god, we should. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh. 
When's the last time you had your plumbing done? <laughs> that sounds like a pickup line. <laughs> hey, when's the last time you had your plumbing done? <laughs> oh, but yeah, so Robin Hood. I like him. Hey, um, so sorry, you know, I'm trying to find the movie we're gonna like watch while we do this. Yeah. Well, not really a watch, we have one in the background. <laughs> so we have this movie with Kate Jackson. I think we used to be one of Charlie's Angels back in the day. Oh. And the movie's called Satan's School for Girls. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, it's Satan's School for Girls. It's Satan, so... <laughs> like, he would let guys in, right? Because you'd be like, no, 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 this is only for girls. Like, well, yeah, well, I want to I wanna join here and, like, you know, create some mischief. I'm like, oh, I want to upset the status quo. I'd be like, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Satan's School for Girls. For wow. Me. It doesn't Can look you... good. <laughs> so here's the movie called The Velvet Vampire. I know this is going to sound really homophobic, but why do I envision him being gay? <laughs> like The Velvet Vampire. <laughs> it actually looks like it's a she. <laughs> Said uh. she's a thirsty vampire, but then they say thirsty. So like, she's a thirsty bitch. <laughs> Be gone, thought. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, so we were going to talk about the Thirsty Bitches. No, we were going to talk about uh, Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. <laughs> you ever watched a Disney Robin Hood? <laughs> Who's the richest person you've stolen from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. ever, you ever killed a guy and then stuffed him in his own washing machine? <laughs> <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> would you meet yourself if you were a hot dog? No, I would. Oh, God, that's going to be question number 100 for the 100 questions. <laughs> if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? Oh, so I asked you I asked you a question earlier, which was, um, I asked you uh, about um, to name a... Uh, to name a song, uh, an album by the band Chicago. Oh, yeah. And I don't know any. <laughs> so, before we get started into our Robin Hood thing, because we never jump right into a topic, because, oh, I mean, that'd be bad form. You know, I think it was right now, it's it's kind of like our, our thing, you know. It's like, <laughs> if, if we if we just jump right into a topic, it's normally going to be like a bad one. It's like, oh, it's going to be a bad episode. It's kind of like when Teen Titans comes on and, like, you hear, like, the Puffy Amiyumi. It's all in Japanese. <laughs> like, oh, we don't have to take this one seriously. We think, we think I right into the topic of this one's going to be shit. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind, sir, sure. please take your phone and just Google, like, um, Chicago, the band, albums. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. Chicago. 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 Chicago the band albums. You listen to songs <laughs> by the band Chicago. <laughs> I'm liking this already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, this is awesome. Chicago Transit Authority. That was the first one. Followed by Chicago. Okay. Released in uh, 1970. 1971, we got Chicago 3. Uh, number four, we got Chicago at Carnegie Hall. Okay. Followed by Chicago 5. <laughs> followed by Chicago 6. Followed by Chicago 7. And are, are you ready to lose your fucking mind here? <laughs> so, followed okay. by Chicago 8. <laughs> 
this is the great thing about Chicago. Their ba- their their albums are all named like whatever the next one is. But if they miss one, like Chicago Christmas, yeah. So if it goes Chicago Seven, and then Chicago Christmas, the next one's Chicago Nine. Yeah, I they just that. keep it chronological, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, because so like, they had Chicago at Carnegie Hall, which was number four, but then they had Chicago Five. <laughs> so if I say, you know, name an album by the band Chicago, it's just Chicago. And a number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's so awesome. We've got Chicago 9, colon, Chicago's Greatest Hits, <laughs> Chicago X, Chicago in Space. Oh, yeah, um, that one's good. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he only wanted his inspiration back. It was the meaning of his life. <laughs> it probably put good things to his life. <laughs> uh, Chicago 11. Album number 12 is Hot Streets. Followed by Chicago 13, which is the first time they did not use Roman numerals. Then they're back to the Roman numerals with Chicago 14. (laughs) Number 15 is Greatest Hits Volume 2, followed by Chicago 16, (laughs) Chicago 17, Chicago 18, Chicago 19. Ooh, um, number 20 was issued as the heart of Chicago in Europe. However, it was also known as Greatest Hits 1982 through 1989 in America. Um, ooh. Album 21 is the word 20 and then the number 1. The word 20 and 1. Yeah, they spell out 20, awesome. T-W-E and T-Y, and then the number 1. That's awesome. That's pretty badass, and apparently it's like the cover design is painted number 1. Um, number 22 is Night and Day, Big Band. And then it looks like a bunch of Heart of Chicago's, and yeah, we, we get the idea. Okay, I just got to stop you for a minute here as I'm trying to find a background thing. Sure. Someone did a documentary on Ed Hardy. (laughs) Tattoo the world. So not only did someone do a documentary on Ed Hardy, but they also thought that someone would watch a documentary (laughs) on Ed Hardy. You mean we're not going to? I mean, the guy who was popular for all of like four months. I mean, hey. (laughs) Yeah. So they, they've had 37 albums, the last of which was Chicago Christmas in 2019. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> right before that was Chicago 36, colon, now. <laughs> so but yeah, so we, we get the idea. Yes. This is uh, fascinating. So it, it's, it's, it's not impossible, <laughs> but it's pretty hard to, to get that wrong. Right. <laughs> Whoa! Because technically, even if it's one that actually has a title, yeah. Because the next one is the following chronological <laughs> number, you can still call it by the number and be correct. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? I was like, that would be a great question. All right, but yeah. So um, okay, so all right. So I was thinking the other day about um, Robin Hood. Yeah, and the whole thing about Robin Hood, which is. Robin Hood, he robs from the rich, gives to the poor. Right. And I'm like, and everyone's like, he's a hero. I mean, when you think about Robin Hood and you think about what he does, no one ever says, you know, well, I shouldn't say no one, but most people don't ever say, oh, what he's doing is bad. They're like, you know, because he's robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. Mm. And then his friends are like, oh my God, I have so much money, I'm rich. And he's like, you're fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Better buy some locks. <laughs> Be a shame if some some crazy man in green stole it from you and gave it to poor people. These these poor formerly rich people who are now poor because I took all their money. What you do is like everyone has equal money 
and he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's like, wait, wait. But one of you has to have at least like a dollar more. No, we're all equal. Even like there were 20 of us and there were like $3 left over. We just burned those. <laughs> Bernie Sanders just destroys Robin Hood. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> does not compute. Does not compute. So, um, so, it, but it's okay. It's it's okay because he robs from the rich and gives to the poor. Right, right. So I do have a problem with this. Is is in the principle of Robin Hood, everybody that's rich is an asshole. Yeah. Well, we know that's not. It can't be true. It can't be true. That's like saying everybody that's poor is really cool. Like, no. <laughs> Some people that are there poor are assholes. So you can't name say that, one Turk. That you know you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not even gonna mention their name. Not, not that they could actually listen to the podcast they're so poor they, they don't even they can't afford a radio. Or or are we um are we talking about somebody who likes to fight? Yeah, yeah the guy that likes to throw his hands. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was an asshole. He was great. <laughs> yeah, hey, Leroy thought he was great too. Yeah, that's why we it's... let him hang out with him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Leroy, man. I mean, he's family, yo. But if shit had gone down, I definitely was gonna leave his ass behind. Well, I mean, he could he could fucking kill both of us. So obviously, he could have taken care of that guy. <laughs> well, I'd like to think that you would put up a good bit of a challenge I would enough try. to tire him out. So that I have a better chance of winning. <laughs> so that you can get away. Yes. I, I wasn't going to let Leroy have to fight on his own. I, I tried to stay within, like, charging range just in case. I was trying to make sure I could get to some police. What's great is that you were the one who thwarted him just by, like, confusing his pathing. Because <laughs> you, you walked in such a way that there was a park bench between you and him and then he couldn't follow you. <laughs> so he just, like... You were you were looking into a store window at the time when I was watching. And he just like kind of walks and bumps into the park bench and looks down and looks at you and shakes his head and walks off. And that's when he left us. Uh, so he found a glitch in the matrix. It was great. <laughs> so uh, so okay. So looking at this, I'm like, all right. Um, that's everyone's happy with that because he's stealing from these assholes that don't deserve it. And he's giving back to the poor people. Yeah. And that's okay. But can't those poor people steal from themselves? Why are they putting all the burden on him? If you're telling me it's okay to steal from these rich people because they're rich and you feel like you deserve it more, Mm -hmm. then why aren't you out there stealing for yourself? I think it's like this whole oppression and downtrodden thing, right? Like... It's not. It's not a question of oh, we couldn't do that because it's wrong, but we'll let Robin Hood do it for us. I think it's a matter of like, oh, I'm too scared to do that, but he's got the balls to do it. But you have the balls to accept it. Yeah, you're accepting stolen goods. You are an accessory to that crime. It's a lot easier to torrent a pirated album than it is to actually upload said pirated album. Right, but if I hypothetically, I'm assuming. But if I'm asking, (laughs) if I'm asking you to liberate something. Right. For me, when I'm very capable of liberating myself, or if I say, you know, hey, uh, the five of us, we want you to go get this album for us. Would you mind liberating that for us? And then you do just to make copies to give to all of us. But how come we couldn't go out there and do it ourselves? Why are we putting all the burden on you? Especially if we feel like it's okay. The music yeah. industry is bad. You know, they're evil. So it's okay for us to take from them or, you know, that last album by this band was garbage. So I feel like it's okay. You owe me. It's okay for me to go out there and liberate this. But 
I don't even want, I don't want to do it even though I feel like it's okay. I want you to do it. Right. What? No, that doesn't seem right. Oh yeah, no, I mean, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't think that they're looking at it as a question of morality, but that's just me. I mean, that's just my guess. But they should be, they should be doing that. Why are you putting all the burden on him? Why aren't you out there doing it? And here's, this is what I'm really kind of getting to is like, when it's a group of them out there doing it, now it's no longer okay. It's no longer acceptable. Yeah. We're still doing the exact same thing. Like, instead of you actually going and giving me the money, I'm going out there and stealing it myself from the bad guy. Yeah. And, and get in, in being able to pay my bills or whatever. <laughs> but now that's wrong. Right. Now, if you and I went out there together and you and I like broke into somebody's house and we just, and we, we robbed them. And I, t- and what I steal, I give to you. And what you steal, you give to me. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we found the loophole. Even though we're still doing the same thing. Right. <laughs> I just want to say that no matter how you slice it, Robin Hood is a thief. Oh, yeah, totally. And you guys are taking that it's okay because I need this money. And what they're doing is bad. But you're not willing to go out there and get it yourself? That so, makes you a horrible-ass person. So, you know, I'm not a fan of Ayn Rand. Um I don't know a lot of people who are, except Steve Ditko was. Um, but she she made some interesting observations in Atlas Shrugged about Robin Hood, which is that the problem she has with the Robin Hood uh, approach to things is that that was the first time that people started feeling like it's okay to accept something for nothing. Because, you know, people were kind of defined prior to that with, like, the whole Bible mindset of he who doesn't work doesn't eat. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that, that makes sense, you know? It's like if you, if you want to live and survive, you do your part for that, you know? It's the same thing that I've often talked about with anarchy being, you know, mutual support. Everybody makes sure that, you know, you, you make sure that you're doing your part to watch out for everybody around you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, that all makes sense. And so her big beef with the Robin Hood story is that here was a situation of these poor people weren't doing anything to improve their lot or their situation. They were allowing the government to oppress and control them. And then they were just like, oh, fine, we'll just let this guy do it for us. So it was kind of the same thing as what you're saying there. Well, she was just coming at it from more of an objectivist standpoint, which... Mm-hmm. I'll watch your kids for <laughs> some extra food. <laughs> That's not a real job. And making food is... <laughs> uh, well, okay. So first off, and I'm not saying that's not a good point. I, I, I'm not. But there's nothing that... Okay, I'm going to... For background, I'm actually going to place a couple episodes of Swan's Crossing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's Sarah Michelle Gellar, so. Alright, um. So, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to discount her and say that, you know, she doesn't really have, like, what her words don't have any merit to them or she can't say anything that is inspiring or in any way, uh, like, have any kind of wisdom behind them because of who she is. Right. I'm not saying it at all, but what I am saying is that, Anne Rand is full of shit. Her, yeah, she's, her, a, she's a huge problem. <laughs> her whole her whole thing, and and I'm putting this out there like this: her whole deal about you know we need to you know you should only care about yourself and you should just get what you can get and you're the only person that matters. Uh, her, that whole thing. Have you ever seen Anne Rand? Oh, she's ugh, ugh. she is a horrendous looking person. <laughs> she is so fucking scary. 
she looks like what you would expect John Merrick to look like inside. <laughs> like, like if you saw John Merrick from the outside, you were like, and you looked at her, you're like, that's what I expect his skeleton to look like. She, um, she kind of looks like, uh, Ernest T. Bass from the Andy Griffith show with like really bad overbite. She is, uh, and John Lennon hair. I'm sorry. I just I just gotta remind us just for a moment, real quick. And I, I know I know this is just background, but I just saw something and I was like, wait, I didn't just see what I thought I saw, right? That's fine. I want you to watch when this guy comes in, and I want you to look at the wall, the upper part of the door frame by his head on the left. And okay. I hear, and by the way, we're watching Swan's Crossing episode one. Not that you guys need to watch Swan's Crossing, but I was like, I gotta put something in the background here. Um. Now, watch. Okay. You see Whoa. the light? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I thought that's what I saw. You see the shadow of the microphone? It's the shot. <laughs> shadow of the boom. That's beautiful. That's <laughs> the best. Oh, that's beautiful. It was just the shadow of the boom. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, <clears throat> and it really doesn't matter, but you could tell by the way she looked that she was someone that... It was like, oh, you've got to get what you can get. Get it now. Yet that's the ugly people talk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I know it seems like, a, like I'm being really horrible to like break it down between, oh, the beautiful people, the beautiful people, and, and the ugly people. But yeah, you could look at her and you could tell that the people normally looked at her was like, you know, what the, you know, what the hell? <laughs> um, like she's the kind of woman that kissing booths with clothes when she came up, even though she had like a fistful of dollars. <laughs> Uh, and so for her to come up with this philosophy of like, you got to get what you can get because no one's ever going to give it to you. Yet that's the kind of talk from people that have been hurt by somebody else because of like, you know, how they look and all that kind of shit. So, yeah. so again, I can't take your word, in my opinion, my opinion alone, I can't take your word as being something of truth that you really feel. What I hear you saying is something of hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because like, I mean, and it's also that way, even with her opinion on like relationships and sex and stuff like that, it's like, it's all part of that, of, you know, like, um, her, her whole stance on relationships is that, oh, no matter what people tell you, a relationship is a purely selfish thing, right? Which I think she was primarily talking like a carnal relationship, like a a sexual relationship is a purely selfish thing. Your whole goal and your whole reason for doing it should only be for your own pleasure because that's what the other person's doing. It's like, well... No, no, <laughs> no, not necessarily. That may be what you've experienced and encountered, but like, no. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I see that same level of like of damage and hurt from the past that you're talking about there. But I mean, I'm saying Anne Rand was so fucking ugly. You couldn't even do her doggy <laughs> style. That's, that's how ugly she was. Like, even look at the back of the head, you can still see, like, her face. Like, oh my god. I haven't seen a picture of her since I first started reading the Mr. A comics. So I'm gonna Google a picture of her. Just refresh. You're gonna break fucking Google, man. Right now during the coronavirus, <laughs> when people need Google more than ever, Woo-ha. you're gonna fucking kill it. Yeah, man. Um, you know those, those memes of Mario without a mustache? <laughs> Picture that with like a big snaggle tooth overbite. <laughs> God damn, that's pretty bad. Oh, okay. And early, I said I was I was like, gonna be an ass, and I didn't be an ass, but now I'm gonna be an ass. <laughs> so this morning when we got breakfast, yeah, when we stopped and we got breakfast at the drive-through, it was delicious. Did you happen to see the woman at the drive-through? Um, no. She had 
these two like Bugs Bunny like buck rabbit teeth <laughs> that both had so much shit caked on them. Like, do you not know what a fucking toothbrush is? We're not talking about she hadn't brushed her teeth today or yesterday. Like, she hadn't brushed her teeth in like a week. Now, she might be the nicest person in the world, but the person that's giving me my food, whether it's in person at like a restaurant, like a waitress, or if it's at the drive-thru, I feel so disgusting when you're like, you've got like your fucking, like your teeth are so damn nasty. Look at you have grills, right? I'm like, oh my God, that's disgusting. Okay. So here's the, here's a picture of her much younger. Doesn't look as bad. So this is from her Wikipedia page. I mean, I'm not saying she's attractive. I'm just saying that's not as much of a train wreck. Oldest picture of glamour shots I've ever seen. <laughs> she just doesn't have her hand underneath her chin. <laughs> I mean, yes, all these other pictures I see of her, they are very bad. But that Wikipedia picture is not awful. Mm. All right, so. Still would not smash. Would be a hard pass for me. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, you know she used she used her whole philosophy of like, you know, if you want something, you should get it. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to, you know, it doesn't have to be something that you like, but if you want it, you should just get it. You know? Right. So you want some of this, you should just go ahead and take it. And you just, you know, like, yeah, no, no. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I wonder if she had a hard time getting laid. I'm pretty sure she did. I, I think for most women, you just need to be available, right? <laughs> You know, the the title Atlas Shrug came from like, hey, so Atlas, you want to get on? He's like, <laughs> She was really going to say title Atlas said yes, but he was like, <laughs> So, I hear Anthem is a really good book. I never read it. Um, I read Atlas Shrugged. And, and you shrugged? Well, I mean, once it got to like the objectivist philosophy, it just got to where it was kind of a slog. And I was like, uh Okay. <laughs> All right, so, so getting back to the whole thing about Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, we keep kind of shying away from that stuff. Well, we, I mean, we went to the whole Anne Rand thing. But, yeah, yeah, that was all. Um, but I don't, I don't understand. So, with Robin Hood, these people aren't doing anything for themselves. Like, oh, Robin Hood will steal for us. Robin Hood steal for us. He'll do this. He'll do this. At what point? Why don't you just revolt? Right, just all of you guys get together and be like, we're not going to give them any of our tax dollars. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. It's But you feel like it's okay for it's like, well, here you go. And you put up this whole thing of like, yeah, we we don't really have anything. Sure you do. You got this. And then, and then Robin Hood comes back later and steals and gives it right back to you. So so the king's like wondering, you know, hey, wait, why is it that, that our coffers aren't getting any bigger? Right? You go and you collect money every day, but the next day, when we count, it's the exact same money. Guess we're going to have to steal twice as much this time. So so you're never getting it. You're never gaining anything, but it's okay. You feel like it's okay because he's doing it giving it to the poor. But again, if those poor people were stealing it for themselves, you'd be like, no, now you're just thieves. But isn't Robin Hood just a thief? But then if we go out there as a group, whatever we steal, we give to the other person. Then you're like, okay, well, I guess that's all right. Except for if I say, all right, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to steal some stuff for you. I'm going to go over to the Joneses' house. Tell me what you want from the Joneses' house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, that's then me stealing for you, right? right. <laughs> that's just slavery with extra steps. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, at what point does this stop becoming thievery 
<laughs> and it starts becoming like, you know, an altruistic thing. Yeah. I'm not doing it for me, I'm doing it for them. Well, I mean, it also, like, it's not really practical because, you know, the kingdom, you know, they had treasurers and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, like the, the kingship of England would have had, like, treasurers and would have known what was in the treasury. So it's like, okay, well, we know that we're missing this many gold coins. When a peasant comes along and is like, I would like to buy 500 marbles with these four gold coins, please. It's like, oh, wait a minute. This matches the king's signet and serial number stamp and all that shit. I mean, I don't, I don't think that they could, like, practically spend it. Well, but it doesn't every money that, that you get from the, within a kingdom have the king's, like, symbol on it? It should, yeah, I guess so. So then, I mean, again, you're never really gaining anything. Like, like you wouldn't be able to fool in that way because, well, wait a minute, all this money already has the king's symbol on it. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, I, I would think that there'd be something to delineate that it actually came from the treasury, you know? Like, but that means everything that went in the treasury, you then would have to... Oh yeah, mark. Like market, yeah. yeah. So maybe not. I, I I don't know. It just it seems like that like you couldn't just steal that money and then go back out and spend it, you know. But again, my whole thing is like, when does this stop being that you're just a thief? I guess it kind of depends on like your alignment in the D and D scale, so to speak. Because it's like, oh, are we talking from like a lawful good perspective? Because like the minute you took money that doesn't belong to you, it's it's thievery. Yeah, but I had, to, I had to take it because I'm poor and I didn't have anything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, then you're moving into the neutral good perspective where it's like, well, no, it's technically wrong, but I have to do that or I'll starve. Then you're also looking at it from the chaotic good perspective of, well, I mean, you know, Robin Hood never took the money for himself. He only ever gave it to someone else. And then, But then again, you're like, at what point does that stop? So I just I think you could ask twenty different people and get twenty different answers on that, honestly. So the whole thing is like Robin Hood never, you know, never took for himself. True, he never took for himself, but he never shied away from the gifts that they gave him either. Yeah. Oh, you know, here's some 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 bread I gave for you got made for your Robin Hood. Thank you for all your your work and thank you for this and thank you for that. So he never turned down any of the free shit they gave him in exchange for all the good that he was doing, which yeah. is pretty much like a payoff. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't, and I'm not going to be like, I don't think Robin Hood's a good guy. I'm just saying that morale, from a moral, a morality perspective, when do you start saying, okay, I need to be comfortable with who I am and who I am as a thief, or I need to be comfortable with my role in this, and my role is that I'm, you know, I'm accepting of these gifts that are being given to me from someone is stealing them. <laughs> Well, and, isn't it, and that's okay. Isn't it possible that this could also be like a sin eater kind of thing of like, yes, stealing is wrong, but if I don't do this, then all these people are going to die? So, but if it's that much, if it's that important to you that you not die and you don't really believe that all of this is, um, that what they're doing is legal, then again, rise up and revolt. Don't do this like passive aggressive bullshit. I, I agree with that, because I feel like what Robin Hood was doing was just putting a band-aid on cancer. And plus, he's putting his life in danger by going out there and stealing back this money for you all the time, mm -hmm. day after day. Oh, here we go again. Let me go out there and steal some more money for you. Here I go. Let me go steal some more money for you. He dies and, in the book. See, and then what happens? Now no one's got money. No one's out there stealing for you. So then what happens? So people go back to the status quo from before he rose up. Yeah. And now they don't know how to steal from themselves because they all kept relying on Robin Hood. 
That doesn't really seem fair. Yeah, no, I, I think it's the whole Band-Aid on cancer thing, because it's not addressing the core problem. All it's doing is just adding some temporary resources into a dying economy. And so in that case, then, if if we get to that point, we say, all right, well, um, I don't really... I, I don't believe this is, that this is right or this is fair or, or whatever it is. I don't I don't believe that what's going on is the right thing, but I'm also not going to do anything about it. But I am going to accept these stolen gifts right. from you know from from Robin Hood. When Robin Hood dies or whatever, and maybe he just gives up. <clears throat> when that whatever that happens, and you don't decide to rise up anymore, then I guess maybe the stuff that you were get that he was stealing for you really wasn't necessary because you're not willing to, to fight for it or steal for it yourself. Now you're just willing to take it as long as he was giving it to you and he's saying, Oh, but, yeah, but we really need this. But I guess really you didn't <laughs> because now when he's gone, you're not doing it for yourself. So then that just means that you were just kind of uh, an accessory to a crime. It also kind of raises the question of, you know, if it's not worth overthrowing the corrupt kingdom, then, you know, is it really necessary for your survival? Because it's like you said, these people are giving Robin Hood, um, you know, food and resources mm-hmm. and ways to live. So it's like, so, well, if you have extra food and resources and ways to live, you're not in danger of starving to death. Right. And I don't think back then that, like, healthcare was privatized. So I don't think that, you know, if you were in danger and a doctor came along, that the doctor would be like, oh, well... If you can't pay your deductible, fuck you, buddy. Right. You know, it's, I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't 2020 America, people. So, I mean, like, I, I don't think that the people were necessarily in a position of, oh, you know, without Robin Hood, we're, gonna, we're all going to die. I agree. We'll be pretty miserable and unhappy, but we're not going to die. So, I, I just, I mean, and of course, people are kind of going to kind of expect us to go this direction, but I think that it's worth referencing Fight Club here. Because, you know, Tyler Durden's solution was so much more extreme than the Robin Hood approach. It's to, you know, let's completely remove the debt record. Let's completely remove finances from the equation, period. Let's break the world back down to a bartering system. It's like, well, you know, that that throws the world into the dark ages, so to speak. But that also kind of eliminates the debate, too, you know? Like, you don't have to question of, you know, how necessary is it for people to have this money to live? Because it's like, well... <laughs> This this money is now rendered useless. <clears throat> See, what? <clears throat> excuse me. What I what really kind of kills me is that you're so accepting. I said of this, and as long as you don't actually have to do anything mm-hmm. to to earn it yourself. So in in this case, then they were just kind of moochers, oh, yeah. and they were relying on this guy to do all this stuff for him, putting his life on the line. There were no good hoochie coochers, and uh, yeah, not even a <laughs> many. But I mean, it's. And then they just wrote it off as like, well, he's not a thief because he's saving us. But really, he's not saving you. He really is just a thief because, again, when when he's gone, you guys find a way to live without all that stuff. Yeah. You don't even bring it up again. It's just done thing. So, yeah, you're kind of um, – and I've said you're kind of garbage people. You're taking advantage of a guy who doesn't realize that you should be doing, take, doing for yourselves. Right. And then when you don't have him anymore, it's like, oh, well, I guess we can do it for ourselves now. <laughs> Does that mean you actually have to do some work? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah, the king's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, that that whole thing of like robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. Again, 
you know, in theory, it sounds kind of, you know, not nice, but in theory, it sounds like the right thing to do. Right. Yes, let's go ahead and and do for these, you know, under the belief that everybody that's rich is a bad guy and they're stealing from them, they're hoarding or they're doing this or they're treating people like garbage. But that's not necessarily the case. And I don't think you can really say that it is. Right, right. So then what does that make Robin Hood? He's just a thief. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and he's not doing anything good for anybody. He really is just a thief. Yeah, I, that's that's the thing for me. You know, I'm, I'm all about, like, you know, working against a corrupt system and all that. But it's like, you've got to actually be solving shit. And he wasn't solving shit. And you know, the other part about that is for him to keep, continue to do all this stuff... And he's not making things any better. Like you say, he's not solving the problem. <clears throat> he's just continuing to do this over and over again, not fixing the problem. I think within him, there was, he was like an action junkie. He liked that. <laughs> that's, that's really what got him off. I think so. Was stealing, doing this stuff. So he didn't want anything in return because he was getting what he wanted. <laughs> you know, it's so, so yeah, I'm not going to ask you for anything special. Because I'm already getting everything I want, <laughs> which is I get to steal, and I, I just and, can't and get you, it up unless I steal. And, and you protect me for it. You look out for me, and you don't tell anybody about me stealing because you're like, oh, well, he's doing it for us. He's doing us a favor. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, no. You both are you you both are like washing each other's hands there, and because you're both getting something out of it without really having to give up anything. Yep. Yeah. So. You can so, but in their case, well, again, I was gonna say they're both taking advantage of one another. They're mm-hmm. both like hurting it, you know, just taking advantage of the other one and hoping they won't notice. Like by giving this stuff to them, it gives me an opportunity to steal more. They're gonna protect me because they because they need my help. And they're like, oh, we'll protect him because you know, he's gonna steal from us. We don't have to do any work. Yep. As long as the the money keeps coming in, like yeah, yeah, you're you're both kind of bad people. <laughs> I don't, I don't like you. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of a toxic relationship kind of scenario where it's like, you know, nothing is being solved. You're just feeding into each other's bad habits. And, and they were supposed to believe that, you know, was it, uh, was it King Richard? Um, yeah. Cause they, he was gone to the Crusades. That he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy there. Oh, well, Prince John was the... Uh, sorry, Prince John. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Prince John. Prince John is the bad guy there. He was the steward while Richard was gone fighting the Crusades. Because he was taking all their money. But, and I'm not defending him, but you could make a case to say, well, that may be, but look what you guys are doing, though. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because you guys aren't doing your fair share, but you want me to continue to take care of you, but you're not giving anything back, so... Yeah, I'm going to take a little bit more than I should. Maybe that might spur you into like doing something on your own to really kind of be worthy of this. Right. Oh, what you're not. So let me go ahead and get to the point where you guys have nothing. And then you'll be like, King, how can we have something? Oh, you want something? Well, let's see about getting some work out of you. (laughs) But then along comes Robin Hood and fucks up his plan. Don't worry about it, guys. Just keep sitting back there and, you know, <laughs> and dream about a day when things will be delivered to you, like, you know, wirelessly, you know, through some kind of magic box. <laughs> <laughs> you can just sit there and just look at that all day. And I'll go and, you know, and steal this stuff for you there. It'll be fun. Did you uh, ever read the original book? Man, I don't do no reading. <laughs> you do more reading than I do, man. Reading's for chumps and suckers, man. <laughs> a, a, a job ain't nothing but work. 
So, because, like, I, I read two different versions of the book, and in one version of the book, they, like, wanted uh, Sir Robin's land, and so they framed him for murder, and he was exiled, and that's when he became the thief and, and started, like, gathering together his merry men. But then, like... Oh, I, merry men! <laughs> da 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 <laughs> um, But, like, the other version I read was that he was walking through the king's hunting grounds, and the rules were that only the king could hunt on the king's hunting grounds. And so, like, some of the king's guards were around, and they just struck up a conversation with him, and he made some reference to what an amazing archer he was. And they were like, dude, come on, you're not that good. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll prove it. And he shoots a deer on the king's hunting grounds. And so they're like, oh, well, you know, fuck you, buddy. We have to arrest you now. So if that version of the story is true, then it's like, well, then you brought all this shit on yourself. You know, it's not like the king just decided one day, oh, I'm going to be, you know, your enemy. It's that you decided, oh, I'm going to break the fucking rules on the king's hunting ground just to prove a point. Right. Not even, not even to, like, you know, use the deer to feed somebody or anything. It's just to say, oh, this is how good I am at shooting shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, what, my, <clears throat> my ego got me in trouble? Huh? <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> Now, if the first version is true and it's just that they wanted his land, well, then, okay, I get being, you know, okay, I'm going to work against the government for that shit. But if all it is is that, oh, I didn't like what they said to me, it's like, well, then, you know, grow the fuck up. <laughs> and you can't be mad. You know, if, if I throw a brick through a window in like on, like, public property, I can't get mad that they arrest me for that shit, you know? Yeah, just geez. stupid. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, and I, I don't, I, so the whole idea of like the Robin Hood thing, I'm like, no, that's, that's wrong. Because again, why aren't these people doing for themselves? They are more than capable to go out there and steal for themselves, especially if, if what you're doing is you're doing it not to get rich, but you're doing it because you need food. You need to be able to provide for your family. Mm -hmm. And cause that's all Robin was doing. He wasn't like getting them rich, but like, oh, who wants some TVs? I got some TVs here. <laughs> You, need, you get a car, and you get a car. Anybody need a box of smokes? I mean, no. He was <laughs> he was doing it because, you know, they needed it, and I mean, he was giving them enough for them to be able to survive, which, again, surviving in this case just meant they were just paying the, the king for shit that he took from him. I was like, wait, how's, how's that working? Um, <laughs> whatever. But, yeah. Hold on. I'm checking the Wikipedia on Robin Hood to see what... Uh... Wow, he's been portrayed by a lot of actors. Yeah, he has. I want to see what the like oldest version of the story is. Probably one of those old like Richard somebodies from who the fuck of what's it? <laughs> Cherry bomb. <laughs> uh, wow. So the oldest stuff was uh just poems. From the alliterative poem Piers Plowman, composed in the 1370s. Uh, where are we at, Comey? Um, wow, 50 minutes. Really? Yeah, and we missed uh, an ad break. At oh, this, shit. At this point, we're only going to go for like, you know, five or ten more minutes anyway, so. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's, uh. All this stuff doesn't even go into how he got into it. It's just like, oh, here's this really cool dude who was uh, a devout Catholic. He liked women. He was a good archer. He was anti-clerical, which if he was like a super devout Catholic for the Virgin Mary, I don't see how he was anti-clerical, but whatever. 
And he was really mad at the Sheriff of Nottingham. No mention of Maid Marian or Friar Tuck, but also but mentions are made of Little John, Much the Miller's son, and Will Scarlet. Uh, Will Scarlet, the best thing about the Kevin Costner uh, <laughs> Robin Hood movie. Will Scarlet's a cool character in every iteration I've ever seen. Well, and the, and the Kevin Costner when he was uh, played by Christian Slater. Ah, well, that would do it. Yeah. Oh, um... <clears throat> Although it's often considered that Richard the Lionheart was the king during Robin Hood's things, uh, it's not supported by the earliest ballads. The earliest ballads make mention of the King Edward. The early compilation, a guest of Robin Hood, names the king as Edward. Hmm. Hmm. Of course, then after that you have Robin Hood and the Monk, which I think is how he meets Friar Tuck. Oh, yeah, I forgot this. Uh, he was originally a yeoman. Interesting. Yeah. So he was a free retainer of an aristocrat and small landholder. But that also means that he was still commoner class. Interesting. So I think we're going to run out of time of me, like, skimming through this stuff. Okay. So, unfortunately, I'm not going to keep going with that, but I would love to know what the original iteration of why he, like, why he took enmity with the crown, you know? Hmm, that would be interesting. Because I, I don't know that. I just know that, you know, I think, like I said, the whole concept, it, it, you know, when you're a kid or you listen to it, like, yeah, it sounds cool. He's trying to help the people. But then I look at it like, these people aren't helping themselves, just all relying on him and then going, I can't do it. It's yeah. hard. Oh, he yelled at me. The early ballads never actually showed Robin Hood giving to the poor. Although in A Guest of Robin Hood, he makes a large loan to an unfortunate knight, which he does not in the end require to be repaid. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there you go. And And he does, like, eventually say in a later story that if he meets a traveler on the road who's poor, he'll give him money, but that's still not stealing from the rich. Right. It's just saying that he has access to this shit. So, it's not even... <clears throat> and so, it's just like a general policy. It's not even like, oh, you know, fuck the kingdom. So, yeah. Yeah. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. So, yeah, he's a bit of a schmuck. Ayn Rand is ugly. Did we cover anything else? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's about sums it up. That's, that's about it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think... I, I think that, like, the whole mindset of robbing from the rich and giving to the poor is... Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a band-aid on a cancer. It's like it's not solving the problem of, of what the root is, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Robin Hood's just a bad guy. <laughs> Pretend to be a good guy. Prove us wrong, people. If you don't like it, you can go down to that comment section and find another video on the sidebar. All right. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, uh, I'm actually going to, well, I'm going to go ahead and call it, man, and be like, all right, well. Yeah. I think Robin is a good, it's a good fairy tale or fantasy kids or an allegory for, for children, but it's nothing that once you get to a certain age, you can really kind of 
continue to say, yes, I like this whole concept of robbing to the rich and giving to, giving to the poor mm-hmm. under the, you know, the belief that everybody rich is horrible. When in fact, it could be some like nice, decent people that are, have a lot of money that when you do that stuff, you kind of screw them around too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for giving us a listen. Yep. I was, uh, I don't, I don't like Robin Hood anymore now. So, yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> this, this happens all the time when we talk about this stuff, because you also don't like uh, doctors and chess players. So. Yes. Or, um, <clears throat> or uh, uh, archaeologists or seismologists. <laughs> man. Fuck seismologists, man. Fuck seismologists. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm all set, dude. All right. Bye, everybody. Zang, yo. All right there, folks, that was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.